Whoa! The information, opinions, and recommendations presented on Behind the Book podcast are for general information and entertainment purposes only. This podcast should not be considered professional or betting advice. The Behind the Book podcast does not reflect the views of Ameristar Casino Resort Spa Blackhawk or Penn National Gaming. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this special master's edition of the Behind the Book podcast, a sports betting podcast brought to you by your team at Ameristar Casino Resort and Spa in Blackhawk, Colorado. I'm Ethan, and I'm joined by Colin McLean, Jenny Kramer, and Max Pomeroy. Let's get into it. Biggest topic in the golf world right now is, of course, Tiger Woods. What do we think about him playing this week? I'm super excited. I think every major golf fan is ecstatic. Um, I mean, he's been gone, what, 17 months after the car crash? Mm -hmm. Almost got his leg amputated. He was at Augusta last week, quote-unquote, practicing. Um, But I kind of thought if he was there last week, he was going to play this week. I'm super excited he's going to be playing. And I think, I mean, everybody's going to be watching. If he makes the cut, um, it's just going to be must-see TV. And it's Tiger Woods. He can do anything. That is exactly right. The greatest athlete of all time, in my opinion. You know, 14 months ago, we didn't know if this guy was even going to be able to keep his leg, let alone walk again. And now he's here. He's ready to dominate in the Masters to take home his sixth green jacket. It is going to be amazing. (laughs) Those pictures from Monday for his practice round were outrageous. Yeah, that was the crazy part, seeing his practice round pictures. Because it's like... How can you draw that big of a gallery on, on a Monday? What there were have? 20 people deep. It, yeah, was crazy. it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. <sighs> I'm on the fence. What? You know, it's a, yeah, you know, there's a lot of hype around it. You know, everybody's thinking, you know, here's a Cinderella story again. He's going to come back. He's going to play. He's going to win. Personally, after digging through the data. The data. You know, yeah, the data that he won't perform. I don't think he makes the cut, personally. Where is this data came, coming from? The fact that he hasn't been on a golf course in, what would you say, 14 months? You know, he's he's rusty. You can't just come in and hop in the ring because you think he can box. If I remember right, on last week's episode, it was a guarantee for him to win if he plays in the tournament. Yeah, better call, that's call. true. Is that then right? did a little research. Yeah, what happened? You know, it came to fruition that that's just not the case anymore. I've had a change of heart. I'm a new man, wow. and I have a new bet. Do, do people think he's going to win? I mean, I, I think that if he's in the field, there's always a chance, right? I mean, the whole reason there's so much hype around him playing in this tournament, and the reason he's coming back for this tournament is because he knows it better than anyone else in the field. I mean, there's nobody else with as much experience as him. I mean, he could play the course blindfold and shoot even par. Has anybody ever won more green jackets than Tiger Woods? He's still chasing Nicholas, correct? Well, in majors, majors. in majors, I believe, I don't remember who it was. I think someone has six green jackets. It must be Jack Nicholas. I know Nick Faldo has a lot. I think there's a couple guys that have five. I don't think he has the most, though. So I think Colin's right. It could go one of two ways, right? He could actually, you know, kind of have a terrible showing, or it's Tiger Woods. He could go out there and win it because he's Tiger Woods. I think a win for him is making the cut. Yeah. Like... Like, that'd be huge if he played all four days. Like, the problem he has is with the walking. Stamina. Yeah. So it's like, 
Like, his golf game might be there, but he might get tired. Like, I think he'd be... I mean, he's Tiger, so he's probably crazy competitive. I mean, that probably is. So, like, he wants to win. But I think, like, internally, like, if he makes the cut and plays decent golf all four days, like, I think he'd be happy, and I think the whole golf world would be happy with it. So 100%. I, I completely agree. I think yeah. if he makes the cut... It at least gets him to the weekend. People can enjoy whatever his Saturday, Sunday rounds are. But, yeah, just making the weekend. If he doesn't make the weekend, that is honestly more depressing than him just not playing. Oh, totally. Because then it's like, oh, I tried to play and I'm not very good or I can't walk or whatever it is. So I definitely agree with you there. The course is an extremely tough walk. So a guy battling a leg injury is going to have a tough time. And to add more to that, long-term Nike guy. He was seen wearing foot joys yep. for the first time, which I thought was very interesting. So, yep. I'm yeah. tired of this negativity around Tiger. Let's bring it back up on a positive beat. We're talking about a guy you can't compare to anyone else. You're right, Colin. Maybe he's going to struggle walking. But also, is there ever been anybody else that you can compare Tiger to? The answer is no. There's no one else. There's no one that would have came with a fuse back with a with a rod in his leg now. He's going to... It's going to be awesome to see what he does, but all the reports that I've seen seems to look pretty good. I also think he usually downplays himself. Mm -hmm. So him saying this morning, you know, when asked by a reporter if he thinks he has a shot to win it, and he said, I do. In in Tiger's actual mind, I think that's even more of like a positive. I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'd play unless he he thought he could win. Um, And then, like, I'm sure, like... Everyone who saw the news that he's coming back, like all the people that are could win in this field, like are like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> it just brings so much like more pressure and more like er- no one like everyone says they're happy because it does bring a lot more attention to the event and it is way cooler. Like I'm talking from a player perspective, but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, everyone's like, like just are you, like how. Like, why do we have to deal with the Tiger Buzz right now? <laughs> I, I definitely agree. I, I, it's funny because all the players are coming out. They're like, oh, we're so happy to see mm-hmm. him back. But you know on the inside, they're like, I can't believe I still have to deal oh, with this yeah. guy. Like, oh, yeah. why won't he go away? Forever. He's never going away. So let's talk about, um, you know, something that's kind of popular at the Masters and makes it a little bit different, the Champions Dinner. So this year, um, the meal was chosen by uh, Hideki Manasiyama, because he won last year. So mm-hmm. his meal includes some things like sushi, uh, miso glazed black cod, some wagyu, um, a Japanese strawberry shortcake. Big question, what would you serve for your master's champion dinner? I really liked his meal. By the way, I'm glad he went with the traditional route. I was worried that he was going to Americanize it a little bit just because it's the master's. But I was really happy to see that menu. So for me... Being from Michigan, my first course is going to be a Michigan. Casserole? No. <laughs> it's going to be a Michigan salad, which for those that don't know, has some dried cherries. Well, he really did some, some blue cheese, some walnuts, pecans, and, you know, just a nice little vinaigrette on top. Okay. And main course, we're going with classic ribeye steak, a little caramelized onions on top and some mashed potatoes. Can't go wrong there. And then finally, personal favorite for me, with a bit of a German background, German chocolate cake with coconut. So that is what I would be serving. What about you guys? Yeah, I'll go. Um, yeah, I thought Hideki nailed it. He did uh, kind of exactly what I wanted him to do. The only question I had was, I don't know what the difference between Japanese strawberry shortcake and regular That's strawberry shortcake is. That's a good is. question. Uh, yeah. How they make it, I guess. Right? Yeah, it must be something. Or like the strawberries, because he did have a little note on the strawberries. But like, I don't know what the difference there is, but... I thought he did really well. Um, for me, I would probably go 
with I, you got to go light early, so I'd got probably go with like a burrata salad and some assorted pizzas. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. Just like small slices, not like real pizza. Like those those fancy pizzas. Fancy. Yeah, just a bunch of those. Um, and then I'd go surf and turf. Oh. And mashed potatoes and asparagus. And then I would have cheesecake and cannolis. Okay, so so far, sorry, Ethan, I'm going to Max's dinner. I agree. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that does good work. That was great. Checks a lot of boxes. You know, when the picks are hitting, Cole likes to eat like an aristocrat, okay? (laughs) So we're going to go real classy. We're going to open it up with some oysters. You know, everybody, I'd say, you know, depending on their appetite, maybe a half dozen, maybe a full dozen. We don't know yet. But I'm going to take a play out of uh, Hidaki's uh, meal there, you know. A nice dry aged wagyu would be would pair with that very well. You know, maybe even we go crazy. We get some tomahawks. You know, I don't know, but something from Max said too. You know, maybe we'll get a nice asparagus with some hollandaise, and you know, we're gonna pair it with a good wine. Something that opens up real well. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, I never even thought about the beverage because they don't. Do they have that on the menu? I know, like it doesn't matter because they, they can say like I mean like right. they get so, whatever they want. But. Rumors pass. You know, there's been some players that have. Indulge a little too much at the dinner, and there's some mm-hmm. some rumors, some stories floating around that mm-hmm. there's guys that have drank a lot, and there's guys that have not drank at all during these. So, could you imagine how cool it would be if for the 2019 um, or the 2020, sorry, after Tigers win, if there was just a drink called the Tiger? Yeah, a little black, little red in it. That would be so cool. My favorite menu <laughs> in the past was Tigers '98 menu. He just did cheeseburgers, chicken sandwiches, french fries, and milkshakes. <laughs> oh, wow. Because he was yeah. like 19. Yeah. That's great. Um, for my that's meal, awesome. I'm going to go with hot pot. Thanks for asking. Um, that's my death row meal. And I will have Shalambao, like soup dumps to open it up. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Totally different. If they could even make that in Savannah or uh, Augusta. Oh, they will cater to whoever wins. Trust me. Yeah. That's the par three. So that's tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, yes, it is. Fun fact about the par three. Um, nobody's ever won the par three and then gone on to win the Masters, right? Mm-hmm. So do you almost not want to win the par three? Like, <laughs> I think that history says enough. I think you got you got to fade the par three winner. I mean, like you said, I, I was actually looking at some other stats. It's really not even been close ever. The closest person, I think, in recent memory is uh, Tony Finau had a good showing there where he also – twisted his entire ankle after making a hole in one on the par three i think he went out for a fourth place finish or something like that but yeah historically speaking you gotta you gotta fade the par three winner yeah the only people to ever win both not in the same year is ben crenshaw and bj singh so Mm. so what do you guys think about some past champions not playing in the masters tournament we've got phil mickelson we've got jason day and we've got Ricky Fowler. All three big names. What's wrong with Ricky Fowler? He's just not good enough. <laughs> he's not. Shots fired there. Well, I mean, he's he's got plenty of money with his advertisements. I mean, I feel like I see him five times a tournament. He's not even playing in it. But, yeah, he just didn't make it, unfortunately. So. Yeah, and then Mickelson is uh, laying low right now, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of anno- not annoyed, but, like, I would, like... <laughs> I get why Phil's not playing because, like, if you take the full year off, like, everyone will will forget about it pretty much. Like, that's the goal at least. But I feel like unless you're really in the golf, like, you don't really even know that it, like, it was a storyline for, like, a couple weeks, but it really was only a couple days where it actually was, like, the headline. So, like, I feel like if you're a casual fan of golf, like, 
you don't even really know that that even happened. So, like, I don't know. If I, I get why Phil's doing it, but if I was Phil, like, let's just play. Like, in the Saudi who cares? League? Just go to the Saudi League. No, just play in the Masters. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Like, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like a couple of my friends who play golf casually were like, oh, yeah, Phil did that. Who cares? I feel like it's just the golf hardos that really care. I know what he said wasn't awesome, and he shouldn't have said it. But, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, like, let's get Phil back in the field. I agree. He blunt, he just blends in at the Masters. There's so much other stuff going on. I just maybe it's a storyline for a day or two, but that's about it. Yeah, so. especially this yeah, year. Yeah, you just gotta eat yeah. some eat some headlines and go through the motions. I mean, like Phil's not like the best guy ever, but like no one really cared. I mean, like a few people do, but like not really. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Day hasn't been Jason Day since he got Vertigo. So yeah, that's true. The Vertigo was the the top and bottom of his career there. All right, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. Are you looking to book your next Rocky Mountain getaway? Enjoy the best views in Blackhawk from our all-season rooftop pool. Relax at our luxurious Ara Spa and dine in our Wine Spectator award-winning steakhouse, Timberline Grill, only at Ameristar Casino Resort Spa Blackhawk. For a limited time, book now using the link in this podcast description and stay before May 31st to get $10 my cash. Welcome back to special edition of Behind the Book Sports Betting Podcast. So, let's hear what everyone's three picks are for the tournament. Better Call Call, you want to kick us off? Absolutely. So, you know, as you guys were listening earlier, I had a little bit of change of heart from last week. You know, we were (laughs) hype on the Tiger train. And after sitting and just, you know, deeply thinking about it, it just doesn't make sense anymore. So, I'm going to go back on my word and we're going to scratch that pick. So... For the outright winner, I've got Patrick Cantlay right now at plus twenty two hundred is my uh, my little hidden gem, I guess you can say. I like that. And full disclosure, I've got about twenty picks pending right now. This is one of my favorite tournaments to bet, and it's it's a lot of fun. So, two other picks I've got currently. I think this year is going to be uh, kind of a no name. You know, from years past, we're not going to have your your Phils, your Justin Thomas, you know, your your who's who of your regular, you know, your suspects, the people that we're used to seeing on that leaderboard. I think we're going to have some 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 no names, as you would say, you know, gracefully, not to throw any dirt on these guys. But I, uh, after round one, I've got Sam Burns as the leader, plus forty two hundred right now at that. Whoa! Um, I've got him also paired with uh, Shane Lowry to be in the top five. After the first round. So why so, Shane Burns? What's that? So why him? Why why Burns? Just I'm looking at all the – it's so hard to pass up on, you know, if Kevin was here right now, he'd say, oh, you're a sucker for batting plus 5,000. <laughs> but, you know, when you're getting good value at this, you know, you could bet small units and still make money on this. So, I mean, he's plus 4,200. You know, I'll – full disclosure, I bet 100 bucks on it. So Let's go. You're locked in. We're locked in, and I've got a plethora of guys in top ten. I think we're going to see. It's it's really tough to judge now. I'm a guy who bets. You know, I could care less if you you won the last three, the last four, whatever. I bet strictly on the number. So there is. I've got about ten guys for top ten right now that you can get some good value on it. About plus one seventy five, all the way up to plus two ninety. You know, it just it's about getting a good number. So who do you got? 
For top 10? Yeah, name a few. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa. Again, I got Patrick Cantley in there. Um, I got Cameron Smith. Yeah. I've got Xander uh, Choufle. You know, I, if I were to show you my betting app right now, it's probably three <laughs> pages long. So Impressive. You've got the whole top 10 figured out. <laughs> we'll see when it comes. All right, Max Betts, what you got? Yeah, I got a, I got a couple. I mean, you kind of need to dominate par fives at Augusta. Um, and you needed, I mean, I picked guys who dominate par fives and are really good this year, strokes gain, tee to green. So that was kind of my logic. Um, I mean, if you look at 2018, 2017, 2015, Reed was 13 under, Sergio was 7 under, and Spieth was 12 under on par fives. So if you can dominate those, especially 13 and 15 coming in, you can kind of do some damage. So, I mean, the last like five, last, last four uh, Masters, I bet the same two guys win. So I'm kind of just riding that. Um, I got Xander and Tony Finau. Um, Xander goes top 50, top, or tied for 50th, tied for second, tied for 17th, tied for third. And Finau goes... Tied for 10th, tied for 5th, tied for 38th, tied for 10th. So, I mean, Finau's not playing awesome. He, he kind of dropped from his last years. Um, so he's at plus 5,000 and Xander's at plus 2,000. Um, I'm kind of just going to ride them till they win one. Yeah, but isn't Tony Finau a major choke artist? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he. I was looking at his last major results. He kind of starts, like, pretty hot. And then has a terrible third round and then kind of comes in and sneaks that top 10 out, um, which is fine. I mean, but I don't know. I like him. Plus 5,000, like for a guy who has been nasty at Augusta. I mean, it hasn't been nasty this year, but like if he just figures it out, he just needs four good days. Really just two good days. Um, and then I got Scotty, Victor Hovland, and Xander to win at plus 550. One of them to win, one of the three. Um Scotty's awesome, Victor's awesome, and Xander's awesome. So I was like, well, I might as well throw a flyer there. Oh, that's a bet yeah, that, for either of the Yeah, three. one of the that's three. Great. Yeah. One that's of the a good, three. That's a good bet. Yeah, and Victor dominates par fives. Um, and then I have uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, top 10 at plus 350. Luke List, top 20 at plus 300. And Russell Henley, top 20 at plus 163. And kind of just the same logic of... Par fives and guys who gain strokes, tee to green. Um, you need long drives at or long draws at Augusta. So those are my guys. I like them. I think Matthew Fitzpatrick is going to play really well. He doesn't have a great history at Augusta, but he's got one top tied for seventh and then kind of just a fl- flurry of made cuts, but kind of just falling off. But I think he's going to play well. So those are my five picks. All right. Kramer's calls. Yeah, so I have the number one player in the world finishing in the top 20. Scotty Scheffler. I feel like nobody's paying any attention to him right now because it's Tiger Woods. Um, but, yeah, got him in the top 20 at minus 180. Um, my outright winner, I'm going to pick Victor Hovland um, at plus 2200 um, for kind of some of the same reasons that Max already explained. And then – I'm all on board with Tiger. I don't think he's going to win. I might put a very small wager on him outright winner. But to make the cut at minus 115, I'm going to take that pick. Ethan's easies. All right. So to start, 
I got Justin Thomas for a top 20 finish at minus 165, although I heard the lines moved up to minus 200 now. So pretty good there. And this is, I mean, what can you say about Justin Thomas? Seventh Masters tournament. The average finishes around 15th. His third in shots gained total on tour. And that is also while being 99th in shots gained putting which just shows you how good his iron game and how good he is off the tee. So as long as he has a good putting week, I see a really, really good finish for him. Moving on to one of the matchup picks, which are my favorite as well. I've got Kevin Kisner to beat Thomas Peters overall, plus 105. Kevin Kisner, Georgia Bulldog, grew up and lives currently 30 minutes away from Augusta. He recently had a fourth-place finish at the Players and lost in the final of the match play to Scotty Scheffler. And he makes a ton of putts, and he just grinds every single round. I think that's a really... Really easy pick, so I like Kevin Kisner in that. And Thomas Peters is from Belgium. Kevin Kisner is basically from Augusta, so I like him there. <laughs> then finally, with Jenny, of course, the great one, Tiger Woods, to make the cut at <laughs> minus 115. That's just one of them. What can I say? Tiger Woods, he did not show up, once again, to miss the cut. He wants to contend, and he's going to contend on a golf course. He knows more about than anyone else in the field. I would not be surprised in the slightest bit if he finds himself in the mix at some point this weekend. And moving on to a quick bonus bet, I like Tiger Woods to win the tournament, of course, at plus 5,000. Six green jacket on the way. Like Colin said last week before his ridiculous change of heart, it's a lock. And then finally, one more quick bonus bet. I have Scotty Scheffler to win the tournament at plus 1,200. Like you said, Jenny, he's on an absolute tear. Won three of his last five tournaments, number one player in the world. And no one's really thinking about him right now oh i disagree he's everywhere she said that too like last four weeks he's dominated every golf news pretty much three weeks prior the last week's been dominated by one man only. yeah i know but like other than tiger <laughs> like he's the only guy people talk about i feel like that may be true but again we'll see i mean he hasn't I mean, he's won like any... the third betting favorite so it's not like people aren't betting him i think some people want to see cam smith in the green jacket with the mullet though that would be pretty cool best hair on tour I love it. I love it. And we're forgetting John Ram is still the favorite here. Yeah. So John Ram, who? And don't ever count him out. When was the last time that guy did anything? He's been ranked number one for a while yeah. now. Yeah. Well, he get, was open last year, didn't he? He did last year. And I understand I that. I mean, there hasn't been a U.S. Open since. That's true. <laughs> but I, I understand that he has the ability to win multiple majors. His little comment about, oh, I'm not going to stop until I beat Jack's record. But come on. Let's see you do something here, buddy. Let's see it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't bet on John Rahm, but. I mean, he's still nasty, I, but we'll see. Um, but just way off topic, uh, did you guys watch the game last night? The oh yeah, national championship. Okay, sure. that was kind of. I just don't know. Understand how Kansas didn't cover that game at the end? That was actually <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like they had no business covering that whole game until like like nine minutes left the second half. We're like, oh yeah, this is possible. And then they're up three, and the guy ran out of bounds. Yeah, it was terrible. I was. Also, I took the money line. I almost so I threw happy. up. <laughs> I had a money line from a previous future. But you, guys, like, you guys took Kansas money line. I nice. took Kansas well, I money can... line. I faded myself, and then I put some more on Kansas. Interesting. Nice. I had Kansas money line from a future. I had them at plus one fifty, and then I had Kansas points, and it was that was they had no business covering. So I'm not complaining about that, but. They had it at the end. All they needed to do was inbound that basketball, and he ran out of bounds. North Carolina just fell apart. Though. They did. Yeah, they got 15-point lead at halftime. Ethan has something there. he wants to say about college basketball. I do. Thank you for pointing that out, Jenny. So if you go and look at the ESPN March Madness app, you're going to see a name at the top of the scoreboard, Easy Cheddar, and that is your boy. Sorry, Sean. Better luck next time. 
But I unfortunately took the crown on that one. So if you ever want to come talk basketball with us, you're more than welcome because we'll see what happens with Duke in the future. But, man, that is a tough way to end it for Coach K. And employees can't get the prize <sighs> of the Timberline dinner. Sorry, Ethan. So That's okay. I'll take the actual rights. winner is going to be my sister. Shout out <laughs> to you. Good job. Congrats. So that's going to be it for our special master's edition of the podcast. But before we go, we want to give one last shout out to a man who's been gone for a while, Gilbert. He's still out on paternity leave. But if you follow him on Twitter at BTB underscore Gilly, you know that he hit the most absolute craziest parlay of all time. He put a $10 wager on a three-leg parlay with just three first baskets <laughs> And it hit for $1,267.50. Gilbert, you're a maniac. You're a maniac. Congrats. And I honestly think he needs to start making all of his picks just be first baskets. Because it's crazy. <laughs> he hits them all the time. Yeah. He's, the, he's the self-proclaimed um, first bas- basket king now. I, I think he's earned it. Yeah, so that's true. No longer all pro better. So we're changing his I handle mean, to... I think he has multiple aliases that he gives he himself. Does. But, I, I mean, how do you get... Three first basket parlay. Like, you can never The funny that. thing was about that game, too. So his last leg, JaVale McGee, it was a little bit of a sweat. So if you guys are watching that game, <laughs> it it didn't look good for a second. You know, I think it took two possessions before McGee finally, uh, finally scored. So thanks for listening. We hope you join us this Friday for our MLB opening day edition to the pod. Max can't join us because um, he's going on vacation. But do you have opening day MLB picks you want to give out? Yeah, I, last podcast I gave Padres, Red Sox, World Series winners, Max Fried, Cy Young, NL. And then quickly, Rafi Devers, plus 1,800 to win AL MVP. He kind of raked all spring training, bat 385, six homers, 12 ribbies with an OPS of 1.549, or 1,000, but one point if you're looking at the stats, 1.5. Um, so yeah, he's going to... They got Trevor Story now, so that lineup, he can kind of... Pitchers kind of have to pitch to him. They can't just kind of pitch around him. So is Xander, Trevor, JD, and Rafi. Like, they're bound to really, like, hit really well, like last year. So we'll see with that. I think it's good. I think he's going to be really good. And then when it comes down to the socks, it all comes down to pitching. So we'll see. Right on. So make sure you're following us on social at Behind the Book Pod on Instagram and Behind the Book underscore on Twitter. We'll see you on Friday.